welcome to episode three of the Director's Cut with Hofstra University Vice President and Director of Athletics, Rick Cole Jr. Today, Rick Cole and I recap the week that was in Hofstra Athletics, and we chat with our special guest, Chris Yarnone, Associate Director of Athletics for Marketing and Strategic Partnerships. We hope you enjoy, and go Pride. Hello, Hofstra fans, and welcome to the Director's Cut. We are once again joined by Hofstra Vice President and Director of Athletics, Rick Cole Jr. Welcome, Rick. Glad to be here, Stephen, with you as always. Well, Rick, it was another uh, outstanding week for Hofstra Pride Athletics. A lot of awesome stuff going on in this department. Uh, let's start with our women's soccer program and our volleyball program, who really had incredible Sundays in different ways, different opponents. Um, let's take women's soccer. They on the road at Delaware, trailing in the game, come back to tie it and then win in the 88th minute to keep their unbeaten string streak alive and just really keep delivering these unbelievable outcomes for this program. What are your thoughts on the weekend they had and just what the special season that's going on for the women's soccer program? Well, I think both teams actually really grinded out wins. Um, first women's soccer, you know, it's, you know, it's a tough game. You know, you go down, you go down in any game. Um, we were actually at, at the, um, at the volleyball game watching, um, uh, the soccer game on our phone. And, uh, you know, you just saw, you know, the typical Simon, Simon coach team, you know, uh, okay, we got caught. Um, they scored a couple goals and, um, we just kept battling back. And, um, you know, I think there's, um, soccer can be a cruel sport as people have off have that people may have heard me say before. You can have a really good team that excels for 88 minutes and has, gives the other team one opportunity and you don't find yourself on, you know, the, the better team um, even playing better most of the game. However, there are times, and I think this is one of those teams, that there isn't a panic button. And there's, that's not said with arrogance. It's said, it's said with we have a bunch of folks who have a calmness and talent and a competitive spirit that can that com collectively makes them very challenging. Not only not a panic button, but there's also almost a belief whether there's 20 seconds left or 20 minutes left, the, the game's in hand for us. Yeah, and, and you know, I think, I think, yes, and I think it's that calmness, that focus, that, that, that air of confident, not arrogant, that positions are multi, you know, we have a bunch of women that can score, you know, we have, and are very talented, so... You know, I don't think there is that panic. I, I think if you ask Coach, uh, he, he, he'd be a little bit more critical of the, of the uh, performance and, and what caused our, us to put ourselves in that position. Um, but I think it speaks volumes to the composure and um, um, the balance and the focus that our team has to be able to come back. And, and, and that's a good team we beat, by the way. That's a good team we just beat. So. And then Thursday they beat James Madison, uh, one of the – the biggest rivals of Hofstra women's soccer in the league with an absolute filthy goal from Lucy Porter, um, just, uh, who's putting together a record-breaking season for this program. I mean, she is. And, you know, I, I, I don't want to be the mush that, that jinxes anybody, but she's, she, I mean, again, speaking, talk about talented, and I've said this in one of the other podcasts or one of the interviews last week. You get to the point sometimes she makes it look so effort, effortless and she's so talented. Every time the ball goes to her feet, you expect her to score, which is not, which is not reasonable. Um, but she, she, she exudes that and infuses that confidence to all of us. I think that we've always got a shot with her on the field. And, um, you know, JMU is another great soccer program. And, and, you know, we scored three goals um, 
which I think speaks volumes. So again, our, our offense is pretty tough, and you know we got to stay humble and hungry and keep grinding. And speaking of offense being pretty tough, move on to the volleyball team. Uh, 3-0 and week. Um, it was almost like the world started writing them off about 10 days ago, and they reminded everyone they have some pretty good players. They're, they're still the class of the league, and they went through a 3-0 and week, three wins, including just a really uh, team victory on Sunday where maybe a lot of things weren't going right, and then the outcome went right. Well, I think, you know, let's, let's be very mindful that this league is a very good volleyball league. And, um, and you know, Emily made some, some adjustments with the lineup, and, and, and it's actually paid dividends. And, and some people wouldn't have made the decisions that she's made in the league, I would guess. And, you know, taking your you know, preseason player of the year, taking her from the outside, putting her on the right side. And, I mean, she had a day, boy, I think it was – I don't know, 26, 26 kills. Kills, yeah. Um, she was she was working hard in transition and, you know, had a great day and the women played well. I mean, you know, it, it wasn't the prettiest volleyball game. And, and sometimes, you know, you know, the serve from, you know, both teams struggled from the service line and, and it kind of didn't let, lend itself to letting people get into system. Um, but it was a, I mean, UNCW had, had match point um, in the fourth set, multiple, I think. And we never panicked. Same, similar to that of, um, and I think that that's come from the culture that they try to, to try to build. And I think it comes from having senior leadership that says, "Take a breath, give me the ball, I'll take you there." And speaking of senior leadership on that team, somebody that doesn't get talked about a lot because she's not the one slamming down the ball for 26 times in a match. Louisa Sidlick, the setter on the team, is just really the mo the glue that keeps that team together. She's an incredible defensive player, one of the best setters in program history. I, I know you as a volleyball uh, aficionado. Uh, what do you see when you watch somebody like her uh, play? And, you know, I always say the best player on the team makes everyone else around them better, and, and that certainly I think that's the case and certainly in our, in a discussion that should be had with this team. I mean, she's a balanced setter. She never panics. Um, Sometimes you, you, you don't even see her out there because she just makes she keeps she keeps you in system and she she sets a consistent steady ball and you know she's just very composed really gonna miss miss her next year because there's a comfort in knowing that you know if there's a bad pass she makes it a better pass and that she she usually finds the or she makes the great pass yeah she, and well yeah not to mention she's also very offensive and knows she's very crafty. Um, knows how to attack and, and be offensive as a setter when she's in the front row. But, um, you know, just a, a fabulous student and athlete and representative. And, um, you know, I'm excited to see, to see what follow them the rest of the year. Uh, another student athlete that's really showing his incredible season following, following up on her season last year, Alex Masai of the cross-country team, won the Paul Short Invitational last week at Lehigh, uh, third fastest time ever in that meet. And he's just putting together another uh, just incredible season, um, teaming up with a program that Vince has really headed in the right direction. What do you see from the men's and women's cross country, and specifically Alex? Uh, you know, Alex, he's just such a joy to talk to, and he's so humble and um, so competitive and focused. But, um, you know, I saw him the other day. I was uh, after the volleyball game, we had a bunch of recruits on campus from for cross country and you know you know just to spend a few minutes with him he's just such a delight to talk to um and god almighty is he fast um you know what we're going to get him on this podcast because uh, he's just he's awesome and and 
And he loves Hofstra University. You talk to the kid and just, he loves this university and everything about this program and what is going on. You know, I think he loves everything of everything. You know, yeah. He just looks, he looks, he just is always so positive and so appreciative and so, so all the one, I, I can't pick an, enough um, descriptors to, 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 you know, so let's get him out here. He's the type of guy, a type of student that you want to just, you know. You heard it first. That's it. So the invitation, Alex, be ready. And you might say he, there's somebody in the athletic department that has a Mount Rushmore of current Hofstra student-athletes. You might say he deserves a spot on it. I think that if he's not in the conversation, we've got a problem. You know, he may have, he may have a spot there. But, you know, if you asked him that, you know, um, I, I, w I wouldn't know if he would say yes. He would just kind of smile and laugh and just, uh, you, know, you, know, give, you know, start talking about other people. Uh, now we move on. Uh, November will feature some really exciting times here for the fall teams. Obviously, we'll get to the winter season later. Uh, volleyball has already clinched to host the conference tournament as they won the CAA title last season. Women's soccer looks to be in a position to host at least part of or all of the conference tournament should their successes continue. Uh, how important is it to get these CAA tournaments on this campus for more than just the Hofstra team having a chance to win a title on their home field or home court, just in general, to, to be able to uh, host these championships? I think everybody wants to play at home. I don't care if it's the college um, space or you know, trying to get home home field advantage through the World Series. I mean, you're 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 looking to always best position yourself in the place where you're most comfortable. Um, lots of variables in sports, so you want to diminish the distractions. And um, you know, I think that what's great about our 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 league is that we've there's a system put in place that. You know, volleyball had success last year and won it, so we have the right to um, host that this year. So you earned that host. And then um, the same thing with women's soccer. And as a department and institution, we want to do everything we can to host championships. So if we have the opportunity to, chance, uh, to host a <clears throat> go further than the CAA and put in a bid for the NCAA tournament for, for um, soccer, we will do so. And we will do a great job for all the teams that would participate here. Um, and our student athletes have earned it. If they do earn it, they, they certainly will deserve it then. Um, and, our, and we do a great, I mean, our facility staff, Stephen, as, as well as your staff, and you know, the way we run our games and the pride we take in offering that experience to not only our teams, but to all the teams and fans, um, you, know, our, you know, Ryan Watson, yourself, all the operational crew just do such a terrific job um, so not only do we want to host it, will we try to host them? I think we'll do a great job for all that, that attend. Just take a step back since you went into the little NCAA conversation there. Uh, obviously, not to get too ahead of ourselves, but there are deadlines the NCAA puts into place. So Hofstra would be in a position uh, where they would, we would put a bid in if we're uh, in the position to qualify for the NCAA tournament and possibly host postseason. No question. That's that's the game plan. And you know, once you put the bid in, it's a, it's out of our hands. You know, and the NCAA um, sport committees will decide where we go. And and um, I think our reputation of hosting championships and NCAA contests is a very very good for a very long time. So um, I'm optimistic, cautiously, and and we'll you know we'll keep our fingers crossed and keep cheering on um, the pride and and see where fate takes us. Would love to have a beautiful November day here. Maybe take a team from the south up to Hempstead. Bring your winter coats, right? <laughs>
you know, actually, I hope it's just lovely fall weather. What better place to play, you know? And um, I think, again, once the whistle blows and if it's soccer, I, I don't care where you put our team, they're going to compete. I mean, remember it was 4-1 last year, right, at BC? In that torrential downpour. Torrential, torrential sideways rain downpour. So, you know, we'll control the controllables outside of that. You know, welcome, welcome to uh, Hofstra. And then we move on. Uh, next week's a real exciting week for, on two fronts for uh, Hofstra Athletics. We're hosting the uh, Hofstra Lacrosse golf outing at the very prestigious Sabonic Golf Club out east. Um, and then the following day is the Hofstra Basketball Media Day where we ring the bell almost, as you might say, on the basketball seasons. Um, talk about the golf outing and how important that is to uh, grow the development side uh, as it relates to those two programs, but in general how that events like that uh, help grow the uh, department. Well, you know, both our men's and women's lacrosse programs do an outstanding job, you know, um, trying to build a culture of support for their programs. And and uh, both Seth and uh, Coach Shannon uh, do a great job um, working uh, hard at building relationships and asking support for their student-athletes. A golf outing at Sabonic is, uh, you know, People, as good as good as it gets. It's as good as it gets, and people like myself are almost not worthy to have our golf game play on a course. Like Don't that. ruin the course. Well, I'll do my best. I can't make any promises, but it's going to be a great day. And um, you know, it's it's sold out. I mean, faster than than you can. You know, there was no. Promo I mean, it literally was like a day. Um, people want to get on that course. Want to support Hofstra lacrosse. And um, you know, we're gonna. You know, this is just another another opportunity for people to really step forward and, and support our terrific student-athletes. And, um, you know, we're excited for a fun day. Well, Rick, we will move on to part two of our podcast shortly, uh, where we're going to be joined by Chris Yarnone, the Associate Director of Athletics for Marketing and Strategic Partnerships. Uh, her to talk about the upcoming winter season, maybe surprise her with a few questions. What do you think? Well, you know, we're going to ask a lot of questions on this uh, podcast, and I think as we continue to grow, I think we're going to want to talk about some real issues facing Hofstra athletics and, and inter intercollegiate athletics. Um, but I think it gives us a chance to get to know the people that we have here at Hofstra um, who work incredibly hard, and, and Chrissy Arnone is, is one of those very valuable um, staff members. Um, we're going to have a little fun. Um, that's what this should be about, too. I look forward to it. We'll be right back with Chrissy Arnone. Hello, Hofstra fans, and we are back with the Director's Cut with Rick Cole, Jr., Vice President, Director of Athletics here at Hofstra University, and we are now joined by our special guest in this part of the episode, Chrissy Arnone, the Associate Director of Athletics for Marketing and Strategic Partnerships. Chrissy, welcome to the show. Excited to be here, Stephen. Well, Chrissy, um, let's talk about your role here at Hofstra Athletics and kind of what you do and why you're on the show. You oversee a lot of the marketing promotions and corporate sponsorship area for Hofstra Athletics, which includes ticketing. Um, and we are weeks away from basketball season. Can you give us a quick overview of what, what your office does and how you go about promoting Hofstra Athletics to the general public and, and on campus as well? Sure, I work with uh, two very excellent people, Mike Neely and Ricky Cairns, and they are actually on the phones right now in the ticket office selling tickets. Rick, what do you think of that? They better be on the phone selling tickets. That's what I think about that. We actually just had a meeting uh, before this podcast, and they gave me some great updates on our season ticket numbers, which are the highest they've been uh, since I've been here for over 13 years. Um, and we also are on pace to sell out the first two men's basketball games on November 6th and November 9th. Uh, 
Say that one more time. On pace to sell out the first two men's basketball games of the season. Wow, that's, that's some incredible breaking news right here, Chrissy. Uh, last year we had three sellouts, which was an arena record uh, at the Max Sports Complex, which is celebrating its 20-year anniversary this year. Uh, how, how are you guys able to do that, and how are you guys able to uh, just really ingrain yourself in the community to get that kind of excitement brewing you know, weeks ahead of the uh, opening game? Yeah, I think we're kind of using the momentum from last year. Obviously, our team had a very uh, exciting season that was very fan-friendly. Um, so we're taking that excitement into the first games here. We're getting a lot of tickets out. Um, and we plan on breaking the sellout record this year. I think, uh, I think it sounds like a great plan, Chrissy, actually. Um, let's get into a little bit before I continue to, to um, talk about what I, what I think was a transformational experience for um, those that, that attended and, and were a part of um, the historic um, run last year. Well, I think um, you, you said 13 years as an employee, but before that, um, you were a standout women's soccer player, which, oh, here we go. which not everybody knows. And I think one of 25, correct, Stephen? Correct. One of 25 academic All-Americans, um, a Long Island native from Merrick, um, was was a walk on and became a superstar. Well, she's a superstar regardless. So, um, tell me, tell me what makes Hofstra special for you. Um, what is it about it that you know everybody's always got options? What is it that? What was the magnetic um, thing that kept you here? Yeah, I actually grew up with Hofstra. My uh, mother worked here. Fun fact in the school of communication. Um, so from a very young age, we were coming to things like the Dutch festival, the Italian festival as kids. And uh, we even came to uh, an Eve Six concert that was held in the PFC at the time. That's what, what, what year are we talking there? We're talking, I was in high school, so around 99, 2000. It was Eve Six and Third Eye Blind. Um, me and my sisters all came. Um, sisters, you're a triplet. I am a triplet, yep, I have. A lot of fun facts about Chrissy today. There are a lot of fun facts. Two sisters, have an older brother. We all went to Hofstra. Um, I kind of uh, have come here and have not left. Soccer was the best experience of my life, and walking onto the team uh, was a big challenge for me. And really, the people here are what's game-changing and what has kept me here for so long. So, Chrissy, tell me, let's get into the season a little bit. I think that, um, you know, as we, as we enjoyed last year, obviously winning ball games always helps the environment. But you did such a great job of, of transforming the culture and climate off the court and all the, all the action and activities and, and really fan engagement. So maybe you can speak to a little bit of, of some of the things uh, fans can look forward to um, when, they, when they come into the MAC. Sure, I think we're enhancing um, on all the things we did last year, including our uh, family fun zone. We have some uh, exciting changes in store for that area. And another uh, big area that we have this year is the Pride Patio, which is a premium section of the arena uh, that we have sold out for pretty much half of the season, at least so far. And Chrissy, can you explain to Hofstra fans who may not be familiar, what exactly is the Pride Patio, where is it, and what does it really kind of entail? 
Sure, the pride patio is on the main concourse. So when you walk in on that main level, um, it's basically a section that we've pushed in and allowed for uh, different groups to rent out that area and get premium food, snacks, and have um, a prime area to oversee and watch the game from. And uh, you, you just mentioned that, that that is sold out for almost half of the games already. Uh, and they should, if people are interested or companies are interested, uh, they could contact you or uh, Mike or Ricky to, to book that for another game? Yep, correct. They can call the ticket office at 516-HOFF-TIX, or they can contact me directly, and my information's all on the Hofstra website. And another area of the arena, which includes some premium seating, is the suites. Can you talk about that area a little bit and uh, what, what, what that entails and how special of a seating that can be? Sure. Our suites, we have uh, six luxury suites, two of which are um, our president's office. Well, sorry, one's our president's office, one's that we use in athletics, and then we have four other suites. Uh, three are sold for the season, and the final one we still have limited availability on. So again, if there are if there is any interest in that suite, they can call the ticket office. Um, and that's just a premium area, again, to watch the game. You can order um, food directly through our campus partner, Compass, private bathrooms, TVs, and private seating up there. Speaking of food, you know, on, with most of our guests, we want to ask a few questions about food. So oh, we're, going there. we're going there already? We're going right after it. I mean, she talked about the, the opportunity. So if you, were, um, if you were a meal, what would you be? Seafood fra diablo. Wow, she did not hesitate. Simon hesitated. He did. And if you were to go on a vacation, where would you go and who to be with? I would be with family. And I would go to Colorado. Never been there and would love to do like a winter vacation. I'm, I live on the beach already in Long Beach. So I'd like to change it up a little bit. Simon wanted to leave his family at home and go away. Well, I'm a little shocked about the Colorado, but I think it's very interesting. I do think change is good. Um, so, so tell me a little bit more about what you work incredibly hard here. And I think it's important that I recognize that as much as we like to have fun at the workplace, um, you champion our corporate partnership program, which is, uh, you know, tripled last year with um, the investment folks made into um, our athletics program and our student athletes. So, so talk a little bit about that if you can. Um, you know, the opportunities that that you have presented and, and truly the partnerships that you try to create with um, with folks that want to champion uh, the the category of the 18 to 22 year old student athlete. Sure. Um, you know, it's been a long time of me kind of overseeing this area, and there have been partners that we've I've worked with now for over eight years, and it's been really great growing those relationships with the current partners we have. Then kind of this past year when you unleashed me in this area, it's been really fun. So that's a good word. It was. He, he unleashed me. I think it was his first day in office we met. First day in office, is he president, Nicole? First day in office, yeah, yeah. I mean, his office is very presidential now. It's, it's very large. <laughs> um, so he unleashed me that day. And since then, I mean, it's been a challenge, but a challenge that has been a lot of fun in getting to go out there and promote the Hofstra brand and really show the local uh, communities, you know, like what we do here. And I think a lot of people know Hofstra is great, but I think once they come here and see it, that's when they really like recognize the greatness of here. 
And speaking of Hofstra being great, one area that we want to touch on is the on-campus, which really grew the, the excitement, whether it's from the student body, general student body, or just the general campus body. Uh, there was definitely an engagement last year in men's and women's basketball here. Uh, we saw the student section being full for many games, we, people being engaged with the, coming to games, uh, with Danielle Santos-Atkinson taking over a women's basketball program, and obviously the men coming off an incredible year and being picked first in the league. Uh, the, that campus engagement really is key this year, isn't it? Absolutely, and we have a lot planned over the next few weeks as this is the prime time to get our students hyped up for the season. We have a lot of uh, speaking engagements for Coach Mahalik and Coach Santos, and uh, they're raring to go to get out there in front of them. And what do you see from the, the from excitement level? Like, uh, have you spoken to people on campus already and how engaged they're going to be on the season? Yeah, I think um, a lot of the students and a lot of the different departments on campus are excited and ready. Um, I already We already have a bunch of students and staff coming to pick up tickets for the first games. Uh, like I said, like they're already helping us push those sellout numbers. Has uh, Rick made you guarantee four sellouts this year based on last year's three number? Ten. 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 Uh, I thought it was 14, actually, which is our total number of home games. Well, we thought that there might be a, a weather. So if we're you know 200 down and it's not a complete sellout, we can live with that if there's a, a blizzard of sorts. But outside of that, what's exciting about Chrissy's team is that she's, you know, her expectation is to have a sellout at every game, and, and that's what I, I appreciate in her. Uh, Chrissy, so we'll move on. We've kind of recapped what you do here and how you do it and your team. Uh, the team that you're a alum of, though, is having a special season, so we'd be remiss if we didn't discuss that a little bit. It's a two-year run here, which has been one of the just incredible runs in Hofstra athletics history. Uh, I, you see firsthand, as also as a team administrator, uh, what do you see from your women's soccer program and uh, how fun has this year been to watch them develop? Yeah, well, I would like to add that I did become the team administrator last year, and now pff, these two years, amazing years. It's, on, it's not Simon, it's Chrissy. Yeah. It was a good decision. Yeah, not a coincidence. So um, it is super fun to watch. I mean, the team itself is, is just fun, and they're all a great group of girls. Um, as an alum, I feel an immense amount of pride for them not to be corny. Better uh, score Lucy Porter or Chrissy Arnone? Lucy Porter. <laughs> she actually think I was asking a serious question, Rick. <laughs> um, and uh, you, you were obviously part of the run last year, getting to go to Boston College and see that incredible outcome and then travel the team to uh, out west. Uh, and this season's kind of developed the same way in 23rd in the RPI, uh, hoping to host a conference championship and beyond, as me and Rick have discussed earlier. Uh, you, your thoughts as, uh, as the season has developing and what Simon has these uh, student-athletes doing? Sure. Like, I, I would love to see us hosting these games and to, you know, hopefully make it to the big dance and be able to host that here for these girls. Um, but like you've said, I think it's a super special season. I think, uh, you know, Simon doesn't take it for granted at all. And I know that they're continuing to work hard, and they have a huge battle this weekend against UNCW, who is currently in second place. Second straight week facing the uh, second-place team in the league. That's right. That's right. Well, Rick, we're now going to move on to our weekly fun questions with our guests. Uh, Chrissy, uh, your favorite restaurant on Long Island is? Oh, I'll have to go with uh, a Rick favorite, too, Rattlesnake Jones and Merrick. 
Rick, your thoughts? Uh, great place. Unfortunately, though, they did close. Uh, I think I've been there. Is that around the main street? Yeah, it's, oh. it's, I mean, it was the six-shooter steak and potatoes, the skirt steak that was just their signature dish, so to speak. Rick, that's not a valid answer, though, if the restaurant is closed, right? I, I would agree. Thanks, uh, Chrissy, your favorite restaurant that's currently still open on Long Island is? I have to go with bocce, I think. An Italian... Uh, Team bocce. Yeah. I am an Italian myself and uh, very fond of their cuisine. So if, um, what do you like to do when you're not, not at work, which is usually about two hours a week. So um, what do you enjoy to do when you're, when you're not working hard? Um, I have a new dog of a year, um, so I do enjoy spending time with him. Tucker. Tucker, yep. Follow me on Instagram to see all posts of him, basically, um, none of me. Um, I love to be on the beach. As I mentioned, I live on Long Beach. I do um, take part in some beach volleyball, which I don't really know if you can call it good volleyball, but it somewhat resembles it. Chrissy uh, recently, last night, saw a clip online of a dog that got loose at Florida Southern, I believe, and she wants to now bring Tucker to any Hofstra sporting events so that Tucker can run free on the field as well. Your thoughts, Rick? I think we're going to have to come back to that uh, at, a, at a later date. We'll, we'll speak offline about that. I'm not, I'm not sure how that's going to sit. If it's a, unless it's a really strong promotion, I'm open to anything. Uh, Chrissy, your favorite sports team non-Hofstra? Oh, the New York Islanders. I am a New York Islander, Jets, Mets fan, which is a very tough path. But I think the Islanders are the most poised to do well. That's a fair... Uh Fair answer, right? Yeah, Chris, yeah, who are you rooting for, though, in the uh, American League playoffs this year? Um, the Astros. Yeah, I don't really care, to be honest. So you would prefer that the Astros beat the Yankees? Um, uh, Steve, Stephen would. I think we should think long and hard before we respond to this question. Well, I do think... Is Rick, is Rick a Yankees fan? I, apparently. I do think Pete Alonzo, though, is uh, New York's player. Okay, we're going to go on. We're going to move on here. We're going to move on. Well, Chrissy, we thank you incredibly much for, your, uh, for coming on as a guest on the Director's Cut. We hope you enjoyed your experience here, and uh, we wish you a lot of luck with what your team is doing here at Hofstra. We know that uh, last year was incredible. Uh, this year is going to be incredible for both the basketball programs, and we, we thank you for all your efforts here at Hofstra Athletics. Thank you both for having me. This has been a lot of fun. Go Pride. And thank you for joining us in the Director's Cut with... Hofstra Vice President and Director of Athletics, Rick Cole Jr. We'll talk to you uh, in a couple weeks for the next episode. Well, thank you, Hofstra fans, for joining us on this week's episode of the Director's Cut with Hofstra University Vice President and Director of Athletics, Rick Cole Jr. And th a special thank you to Chris Yarnone for joining us on this week's episode. Uh, as always, stay tuned to GoHofstra.com and our social media channels for all your updated information on Hofstra Pride Athletics. Go Pride!